I want to give you a scripture. Write this down. Never forget it. As we're talking about giving. Isaiah 32 and verse 8. As Pastor Tim was taking the offering, and this just ties into it, and reading through uh, my devotionals and going through the book of Isaiah, uh, God just brought this scripture back in my mind, and, and it's kind of where we live. Isaiah 32 and verse 8 says, A generous man devises generous things. A generous man devises generous things. Now listen to this. And by generosity he shall stand. By generosity he shall stand. And as Pastor Tim was saying about our missionaries, one thing we have done is we have not ended any of our support to our missionaries. Because of your faithfulness, we have not done that. And besides that, we have upped our giving to our missionaries. People that are doing different things, we've said extra support, supporting them because all ministry happens through giving. And every missionary only goes as they are sent. They, they don't have resources to come in. They go by faithful support. So the gospel goes. I say everything goes out. But something happens when I devise generous plans. When I live with that in my heart, something happens in my life. And then I stand. And so for me, my confidence, I, I, how can I say it like this? I don't give to support the church. I give to have generous plans. So that I'll have confidence that I will stand by my generosity. Pastor Tim read it from the message. By God does something new. He gives us lives that are in such a way that are generous that we're able to give out. And then it's multiplied back to us. Amen? So it's such an amazing way to live and to stand. Praise God. And then I want to encourage you one other way. We're going to get into the word this morning. And that is, yeah, become a part of a life group. Become a part of a life group or maybe consider hosting a life group in your home and that. And what we do, our life groups get together uh, every other week. Some uh, are meeting once a week, but they get together in homes. They go over the message. You get time to talk about it and, and go through it. But what life groups do is they give us connection where we can care one for another. When somebody is sick in our life group, we can come alongside. We can prepare meals for them. We can help care for them, love one another, connect with one another. Amen? And so the Bible says that they continued in the temple, but also house to house. And so life groups are an important part of what we do in building community and connection together. Praise God. Amen. Open your Bibles up to Genesis chapter 3. I want to thank Pastor Cole for a great word last week. Amen. On perspective, perception, and promise, it was awesome, tied into everything that we need to be aware of today and in looking at that. And, uh, but I also want to thank him because he's the inspiration for this message this morning. <clears throat> he was talking about not driving naked. <laughs> or as he said, naked. You're not supposed to drive naked. I had to look that up in the Greek to make sure it meant naked. <laughs> But as he was doing that, in the middle of his message, the Spirit of God spoke to me about the original Naked and Afraid. How many have heard of the reality show called Naked and Afraid? There it is up there, Naked and Afraid. But this morning, uh, it's one of the stupidest shows that I've never watched. I turned on a couple times, and look, I said, this is the dumbest thing I've ever seen in my life. Two strangers stripping themselves naked, throwing themselves in, in hostile environment and trying to survive out there. you got to be stuck on stupid to do that to yourself. Amen. Besides being an exhibitionist and everything else that goes with that. Amen. And with, with somebody you don't know of the opposite sex. It's just weird from the get-go. But the Lord said, hey, I'm the author or, or, or the original Naked and Afraid took place in the book of Genesis. 
And man's been living naked and afraid ever since. And it's not the will of God for his people to be naked and afraid. Did you bring your Bible? Let's make our declaration this morning. Are you ready, guys? I'm way ahead of you. Or i got to re- re- rewind. Here we go. This is my Bible. I live by its truth. I walk in its light. I rest in its promises. I'm empowered by its love. And I overcome by the faith produced from receiving this seed sown into my heart. Father, I thank you this morning for your word. I thank you for clarity by your spirit to speak. I thank you for the transformation that comes when we receive your word sown into our hearts. Holy Spirit, do what only you can do in our lives in Jesus name everybody said amen Amen. now let me just say this as I preface this everything Jesus said about the Holy Spirit and revealing uh, what he was coming to do is the Holy Spirit is the spirit of truth God's word is truth Jesus said the words I speak unto you they are truth and they are life And so how many know there's a lot of words in the earth, but only God's word is we can count on as always being true. And so there's a challenge that we have. So look at the cover of your out or Genesis chapter 3. Let's read these verses and then we'll get into this. Verse 1. Now the serpent was more cunning than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, has God indeed said? Let me just pause here just for a moment. That's always the challenge that comes against you. The enemy always comes to contradict and get you to doubt and discredit God's word. He always wants to put you in a debate on what God has said and declared concerning our life. Has God said, or didn't he say, you shall not eat of every tree of the garden of good and evil? Let me put you like this. This is also where people go to the world to get justification for their sin. So the devil is trying to get them to justify walking in disobedience to what God has already declared. Are you listening to me? People go, yeah, but the Bible says you can do this and you can do that. And the Bible says, well, yeah, you can justify. You can turn God's word either for good or for evil. Are you with me? Verse 2, and the woman said to the serpent, we may eat the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, God has said, you shall not eat it, nor shall you touch it, lest you die. Let me just interject here. God did not say they couldn't touch it. He said they couldn't eat it. So you don't have to add, religion always likes to make God more severe than he is. All right, moving right along. And the serpent said to the woman, you will not surely die, for God knows that in the day you eat it, your eyes will be open, and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, and it was pleasant to the eyes, and the tree desirable to make one wife, she took of its fruit and ate. She also gave to her husband with her, and he ate. Everybody say, with her. Everybody acts like Adam was at work and came home, and Eve had baked an apple pie. That isn't what happened. He was there with her. He was just allowing. He wasn't standing in his place of authority and covering. That's a good word. That's a good men's conference message right there. Amen. But we're not there this morning. So, guys, we're the covering over our house. Amen. So, look at verse 7. Then the eyes of both of them were open, and they knew that they were what? Naked. Naked. And then they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves. Somebody say themselves. themselves. Covering. And when they heard the sound of the Lord walking in the garden in the cool of the day, the sound of the Lord was God's voice. And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord among the trees of the garden. 
Then the Lord called to Adam, said to him, Where are you? So he said, I heard your voice in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself. And he said, Who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten from the tree which I commanded you that you should not eat? Now I'm going to submit to you this morning, the devil won his greatest victory over humanity at that moment in the garden. And besides that, he has never come up with another trick. He doesn't have to because the same three areas work all the time. I like what I heard Larry Stockshill say. He was talking about we, we used his materials in our encounter programs that we did. And, and one message he has, he talked about the devil. He's a brilliant being. He is. He was the anointed cherub that covered. It's an amazing being, spirit being. But man hasn't learned to be smarter than these three temptations. Every time you're tempted, every time you're drawn away, you're drawn away by the lust of the eye, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life. Nothing has ever changed. And because we did that, and because what's been handed down to us is a fallen nature that relies on the knowledge of good and evil more than being led by the Spirit, we're easy prey. And the moment we begin to consider things by looking with our eye, by considering with our mind, and desiring by our appetite, we become open to temptation and to ending up naked and afraid. So follow along with me. No longer are we to be living naked and afraid. God, through a sacrifice, covered Adam and Eve, and He has done the same for us through Christ and made a way for us to be clothed with his righteousness. It says in Genesis 3 and verse 21, and also for Adam and his wife, the Lord God made tunics of skin and clothed them. God didn't leave man clothed in his own made up religious fig leaves. He prepared a sacrifice and made a tunic of skin. You can't make a tunic of skins without slaying the thing that had the skin. <laughs> Amen. So God sacrifices animal, and through a blood sacrifice, God created a covering for man so man could deal, still deal and interact a little bit with God in his presence until he could again clothe us with his righteousness. Are you doing all right? So when you think about that reality show, Naked and Afraid, I was asked the question hey, how did you get here? How'd you get out here? The people, and how'd you end up being naked and afraid? What a stupid title for a thing. I mean, the whole thing's just crazy. But the people are going to answer, hey, I chose to come and put myself through this. I thought this would be the greatest idea ever. To lay out here in the swamp and be prey to every kind of thing that is in here and bitten by everything that is available out here. Hey, Ben, I didn't get to bring no raid, I didn't get to bring no off, I didn't get to bring nothing, man. But I just think it would be fun to subject myself to that. Listen, I just thought it would be cool to subject myself to that. To, to interject myself into a hostile environment, naked and afraid. And every time you and I choose to walk outside of obedience to God's word, we're no different than those people. Because we are interjecting ourselves into a hostile environment without the covering and the protection of God upon our lives. And we're walking through this world and you can tell by our responses, we are naked and we are afraid. Amen. 
So naked and afraid means living out without God's covering for our lives. How do we end up naked and afraid? Through our choices based upon who we are listening to and which tree we are choosing to eat from. See, there's always going to be a voice speaking to you that is contrary to what God has already declared to you. God had already declared his word to Adam and Eve. And what happened? Another voice came declaring something contrary to that. You have three voices that work in your life. There's God's voice, your voice, and the voice of the devil. And you're always being influenced. You're choosing what voice has the greatest influence. Your voice is always based upon your natural appetites, your desires, your pleasures, your likes, your dislikes, everything. You have a very strong voice in your life. But God says, here's my voice. This is my voice. If you'll hear my voice, if you will hear my voice, if you will hear my voice, I promise you, this is what God said, if you will hear my voice and follow my voice and obey my voice, you will never be naked and afraid. I will always cover you, protect you, provide for you. Are you doing all right? That's the promise of the voice of God. The devil always comes to move you out. Because when you are naked and afraid, you are an easy prey from everything to mosquitoes to hell. Amen. So think about this. The goal of the devil is to get you to move outside of God's covering for your life. Adam and Eve listened to the wrong voice and ate from the wrong tree and ended up naked and afraid, no longer covered by God. God already had declared his will and his word to them. They chose to listen to another voice, to eat from the wrong tree. The result, naked and afraid. Let me just give it to you like this. God has gone through a lot of effort. There's gone through, there, there, this has come. This word is in your hand through, through, through great trial and tribulation and preservation to make sure that you could have his word. You know what this is? This is God's declared word. The, the, Jesus said, uh, in Deuteronomy it says, and Jesus quoted in Matthew 4, to the devil, man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. So when God declares its word, it's always a living word. It's always a speaking word. That's why when you open this book, it talks to you. It's a living word. It's alive. One man said, if you, if you slice the Bible anywhere, it will bleed. It's a living word. And so the word of God is declared to us. But what we do, we read the word. It speaks to us. And then we want some kind of confirming word. Well, would you pray for me? I need a confirming word. You don't need a confirming word. You have the word. Just do what God says in his word. Amen. But see, what we want is we want somebody else to come up. Oh, I, I need to go get a prophetic word. It usually turns out to be a pathetic word, and you end up naked and afraid. <laughs> no, I believe in the prophetic. I believe in prophesying. But when you receive a prophetic word, it should also be a confirmation to the word that you already have in your heart. It's not something that brings new direction and guidance into your life that you're now going to run after. You've been seeking God. God has already spoken to your life. And now a word comes along and confirms you that you're in the right path. Come on, somebody. Amen. So watch this now. Look inside your outline with me. Maybe we'll get through this. We might be an eight-week series. Hallelujah. But by the time we're done, you won't be naked anymore, huh, Cole? Amen. Amen. <laughs> Amen. So when we listen to the wrong voices, 
We move away from his declared will and lose his covering for our life. And we end up naked and afraid when we begin to make our own covering from our own excuses. Adam covered himself and then he began to formulate his excuse. It was, and, and your excuse is never good when it blames God. I'm naked and I'm afraid because you gave me that woman. That's not a good way to start with God. Amen. But let me, let me just say this to you. This is about real life, not a stupid reality TV show. When we are not clothed with God's presence, we become aware of our nakedness and hide in fear instead of walking in boldness, being led by a spirit and covered by his righteousness. Why is this message and, and truth so important to us today? Because knowing truth is not the same as the knowledge of good and evil. Being able to, to discern something good or something evil. We talked about a men's Bible study. I went over there and I said, man, I don't think I'm going to preach this. And the Lord said, you better preach this. But, but, but in this area of this, and, and, and I asked, and, and uh, um, the, I said, what's the difference between knowledge of good and evil for every person? And Cole preached on it last week on perception, perspective. Everybody's perception and your perspective of what's good and evil is different. It's individual. God only has one perspective, his. And when I live by the knowledge of good and evil, I decide, well, you know, I know the Bible says that, but I don't think that's for me today. Oh, that's your perspective on whether the Bible is good for you. This is why I put this in my note. The purpose of preaching is to declare truth, not to look for agreement. Amen. The purpose of the ministry, the pastor ministry, is not to make sure everybody in the congregation agrees with me. That'd be impossible anyway. We can get three of us together in a room. We'll never agree. That's why we come up with voting, because we're just going to go with what the majority says. Because you're not going to get 100% agreement. Are you doing all right? So watch this. So with that, and walking in truth, and living by the Spirit, we need to know the difference. Listen to me this morning. The natural man never agrees with what God declares. Your natural, my natural life, your life, it's contrary to that. We, we have to change. We have to do something differently. Amen. Now, let me put it to you like this. You, you know what? What's a sign that our children have reached adolescence? What's the number one sign that children have reached adolescence? It's when they become smarter than you. There's some age our kids get to, and, and, and we've all been through that. We've all been through that. We, we get to adolescence, and all of a sudden, there's some place in our, in, in our maturing time clock that all of a sudden, we're smarter than everybody else in the world. And then we have to go through life to find out just really how smart we are. And then we come back, and all of a sudden, by the time we get to about 25, our parents all of a sudden had a brain transplant, and they're the wisest people in the world. <laughs> yeah. But what happens is, the same thing happens to us spiritually. We get to a level in our spiritual walk where we reach spiritual adolescence, and now we're smarter than any teacher. We no longer need to be under any authority. I love setting people up. It's my job. It's fun. Amen. So watch this. So think about this. There's a lot of knowledge about what God has said, but very little understanding 
of why he said it. A lot of people can tell you what the Bible says, but they can't tell you why God said it. Go with me to Proverbs chapter 4. I like what A.W. Tozer said. I don't want to just know what God said. I want to know why he said it. God, why did you say that? Why did you you say that? I said, listen in Isaiah, a generous man is intentional. He's intentional about giving. Well, God, why would you say that? Because generosity will make you stand. Oh, okay, I get it. Every time God says something, there's a why behind the what. I know what he said, but I want to know why he said it. Because the why is what's going to give me my strength. This is what Jesus said. He that hears my word and does them is like a wise man who built his house upon a rock. Well, why does that make me wise? Because the storms are going to come. Amen? Amen? And so it comes. Listen to Proverbs chapter 4, beginning, if you would, in verse 5. Get wisdom. Get understanding. Do not forget nor turn away from the words of my mouth. Do not forsake her and she will preserve you. Love her and she will keep you. Verse 7, wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom. And in all you're getting, get understanding. So I can know what God said, but do I understand what he said? And that's why it's important for you and I to be people of understanding. Verse 8, exalt her and she will promote you. She will bring you to honor when you embrace her. She will place on your head an ornament of grace and a crown of glory she will deliver to you. So it's important not just to know the what, but also to know the why that is connected to God's word. Hallelujah. Now, people are, uh, so here's the key. Why is this so important? If you look around, we are closer to the culmination of all things than ever before. Amen. You know, I'm amazed. I I thought, you know, really, there'd be people, yet be careful. Because what happens is in this season and that, there's a lulling to sleep. It's the gradual, we, we begin to disengage and do that stuff. and that, So you have to intentionally, in every area, keep yourself connected to truth and to the foundation. Are you doing all right? And deal with that. Uh, go, go with me to 2 Timothy chapter 4. While you're turning there, for time's sake, I'll start reading. I charge you, therefore, Before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who will judge the living and the dead at his appearing and his kingdom, preach the word, be ready in season and out of season, convince, rebuke, exhort with all longsuffering and teaching, for the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, when they won't want to hear the truth. But according to their own what? Lusts and desires, because they have itching ears, they will heap for themselves teachers, and they will turn their ears away from the truth and be turned aside to fables. But you be watchful in all things, endure affliction, do the work and evangel, fulfill your ministry. Amen. Go with me to Matthew chapter 24 real quick. Jesus speaking in the Olivet Discord makes this declaration. Matthew chapter 24. In verse 24, 
He says, For false Christ and false prophet will arise and show great signs and wonder, so as to deceive, if possible, even the elect. Now, what I'm going to tell you this morning, what I'm declaring to you in part of this message, is that we are living in a season of great deception. There's no continuity through everything going on. If I could just say this to you with all sincerity, with all compassion, with everything else connected to the virus, every life is valuable. Every death is just a tragic loss in dealing with that for whatever reason, whether from a virus or from anything else. Every loss of life is tragic. It affects people, affects people left behind, everything that is going on. I'm amazed right now, as they were saying on one of the news reports, everybody's talking about all kinds of things. Do you know there was not one question answered by the media in any of the questions asked to the president or the press secretary that was concerned about the lives that are being shot and murdered? About the children, the minor children, seven, eight, nine-year-old children being shot and murdered? And nobody's asking a question about that. So all of a sudden, I guess those lives aren't precious. Are are you listening to me? And and those are even, uh, some of those are even black lives in in dealing with that. But not, not what we do, there's so much going on that there's a cloud of deception. We've been looking here and there, here and there, and doing that. So if I'm not careful, if I don't know how to live clothed with the righteousness of God, then I'm going to be making all of my decisions out of what's good and what's evil. From listening to the wrong voice and making the wrong choice because I'm evil from the wrong tree. Are you doing all right? And so, look at the things that are happening are not just local, they are global and not isolated. The whole world is in the grips of this virus and its impact. One of the marks of the last days is strong delusion, even the very elect being deceived by a voice and eating from the wrong tree. So what happened with Jesus said, these false prophets will come and they will come with a voice. And there are so many voices out there. We are inundated with voices. I guarantee everybody in this room has a phone. Let me just check. Does anybody in this room not own a cell phone? One person. <laughs> Cecil Ringenberg. Amen. But I know Cecil gets all of his information off of the internet. Which has no shortage of voices. Amen. And so with that. So how do I verify? So listen. How do I verify an electronic voice? A person I can't look into your eye. I know nothing about your past. I have no way except what I read about you. I can't be in con- I've never seen your character. I've never seen your walk. I know nothing about you. How am I going to stake my eternity on your opinion? I don't care how many degrees and letters you have behind your name. Amen. Amen. I got my PhD years ago. Amen. I'm past having doubts. That's one of my favorite sayings. Amen. I just believe God's word. Amen. So think about it. See, people are reacting to everything they hear like they're naked and afraid instead of being clothed with the righteousness of God, hearing his voice and being led by his spirit. Hear me this morning. The tempter always comes to move you away from truth. The enemy always comes to move you away from God's word. When I'm hearing something that causes me to doubt, to walk in fear, because he knows if I can move you off of the word, you will end up naked and afraid. And once I get you naked and afraid, I can now lead you by a spirit of fear because you're no longer being led by a spirit of truth. Are you doing all right? 
So watch it. So this is not just about the virus and all the issues connected to it. These conditions that we're seeing right now globally are just revealing and bringing to light the majority, that the majority of humanity has listened to the wrong voice, eaten from the wrong tree, and they are living naked and afraid, trying to discern between good and evil. Every decision that's being made is based upon good and evil, good and evil, good. And once you do good for one side, it's called evil by the other side. If you get over here, then it, it, are you listening to me? It, 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 it's, it's like watching our society in original Pong screen. I remember the Pong video game. Boing, 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 boing. And that, that, people, that's so excited. Don't turn to now. Oh, man. Are you hearing me this morning? We're just ricocheting back and forth because there's no guidance of truth. There's no foundation for truth. Hallelujah. So look at this. When God appeared to the nation of Israel to reveal himself, he did so in the midst of fire and smoke and spoke to them. Hear me closely. But they saw no form. They only heard his voice. Because we are not called to follow his form but his voice. The people came to Jesus and said, show us a sign. Give us a sign of who you are. Jesus said, it is an evil and perverse generation that seeks a sign. But God will, God will always confirm his word. The Bible says that he worked with them confirming his word with signs following. But we want a sign to make us believe the word instead of believing the word and seeing it confirmed with the sign. Well, as soon as God proves to me his word is true, prove that you're the son of God. Come down from there. Do this. Do this. Do that. Prove it. Prove it. Prove it to me that you're worth following. Prove to me that you are God. Prove to me that I give me a sign that I can trust your word. Amen. Well, Pastor, are we supposed to lay out a fleece? No. But Gideon laid out a fleece, yeah. He made God prove himself to him. God's going, man, this is all I got to work with. If I can't get this guy to agree with me, I'm trying to get my people delivered. Gideon, I'm trying to use you. God, will you do this? Can you do that? Well, make it wet on one side. Make it dry on the other side. Do this, do that. Are you doing all right? But every time I said, God, to give, to, to give me a sign, I'm asking him to prove that his word is true. Instead of just saying, you know, I believe your word. I think I'll live by your word. I'm going to live by the word of God. Are you doing all right this morning? I'm just trying to keep us with some clothes on. Praise the Lord. So what? Hear me this morning. We're not to have only a form. We're not to have only a form of godliness. Or to form any image of him in our mind. We are to be a people of his voice and to follow his word. He and his word, he is his word and his word created everything that is formed. To connect our faith or direct our worship to anything that is formed is to worship that which is less. We are to be people 
who live by his voice, to hear his voice, to obey his voice, and follow his voice. Look at Deuteronomy 4, 12 and verse 15. I put it in your outline. And the Lord, uh, Moses reminded him, And the Lord spoke to you out of the midst of the fire, and you heard the sound of words, but saw no form. You only heard a voice. Take careful heed to yourself, for you saw no form. When the Lord spoke to you at Horeb, out of the midst of the fire, Deuteronomy 5.24, And you said, Surely the Lord our God has shown us His glory, His greatness. <coughs> Excuse me. And we have heard His voice from the midst of the fire. We have seen this day that God speaks with man, yet He still lives. Hearing God's voice is what leads us in directions. People who have never heard His voice form their gods from what they can see and worship what they can see. I was amazing when I was reading through Isaiah. Isaiah has a chapter in there that says, you know, God says, I get a kick out of watching man because he goes into the forest and cuts down a tree and he takes part of it and builds himself a fire to keep himself warm. And then the other part of it, he carves into an image and then he bows down before it and calls it his God. He said, but you would humble me. And he said, and, and Paul said it like this. Listen to what Paul said, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, that you were led around before. I would not have you ignorant of spiritual gift, seeing that before you got saved, you were led by dumb idols. Thank you, Rudy. You, you were led around by dumb idols. Dumb idols doesn't mean stupid, it means non speaking. You, you had given yourselves to God with no voice. You're following after, that has no living voice of truth. And when, I, and when I turn away to any voice except the living voice of God, I end up naked and afraid. Am I helping anybody this morning? Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. Sometimes I preach just to bless myself, I think. Amen. Help myself. I found out this. If I could help myself, I might be able to help one other person. Praise the Lord. So hear me this morning. We worship the one whom we have heard but never seen. Amen. Here's what happens. When I worship him out of obedience to his voice, I get to see him. I get to see him through the performance of his word in my life. I don't see God in physical form, but I see his word come to pass in my life. Have you ever seen God? Many times. Because God and his word are one. And when his word comes to pass, it's him showing up and showing himself to you. Jesus said it like this. If you believe in me and the Father in me then, and you receive my word, then the Father and I will come and we will manifest ourselves to you. We will show ourselves to you. We will reveal ourselves to you. Amen. I want a God who can show up and show off. Amen. That's who I want to live for and who I want to serve. See, the Bible reveals to us, as I get ready to close, the Bible reveals to us that we were created for fellowship with God in a very unique sin. Every one of you, young person, I don't care what, whatever age you are, the day you begin to understand, I was created in a unique way by God to know Him like no other creation. Amen. We're to know God to a degree and in a way that no other creature can. Knowing, hearing, and being led by His voice in spirit and truth. That is God's purpose for our lives. And the highest degree of achievement to fulfill the purpose for which God made us. People say, I'm, I'm, just, I'm a high achiever. 
Amen. Well, what are you achieving? Your highest achievement is to fulfill the purpose for which you were created. That number one purpose. What did Jesus say? This is eternal life. To know you are the one in the true living God. Your highest achievement and your highest purpose in life with God is knowing Him personally, intimately connected to God. No other creature can do that. Creatures are, are set in order and they're living under the command of His Word. They're fulfilling that. All the creatures of heaven, all the hosts of heaven, they don't get to know God like you and I know God. They don't get to be joined with Him and be one. Come on, if any man be in Christ, He never said that to the angels. He's not even redeeming the fallen angel, but He is redeeming a fallen man. Glory to God. Woo! Amen. So think about it. So we get to live to fulfill that purpose. And through the redemptive work of God's grace, we can become more like God than any other creature in the universe. But hear me, this is where we're at. The devil is at war against God and his revealed purpose in the earth for his highest creation, humanity. I'm sorry, friends, you live in a war zone whether you want to acknowledge it or not. You're in a battle between heaven and hell. This book reveals to you a warfare that is going on. Isn't it amazing that the Apostle Paul says the weapons of our warfare are not carnal? Isn't it amazing that he tells us to put on the whole armor of God? Isn't it amazing that he tells us to fight the good fight of faith? Amen. And to stand strong, to resist, and to engage, and, and to be aware that we have an adversary who's going about seeking to devour. We're told all the time. To be aware, to be conscious. So the devil is at war against God's creation, humanity. His highest goal is to destroy you and to keep you from knowing and fulfilling God's declaration, his declared purpose for your life. Some people say, well, Pastor, why, why do we have a Lord's gym? Because it grieves us every time we hear of a young person that overdoses on drugs. It grieves us every time we hear of a young person that dies in a car accident with drunk driving. It grieves us every time a young life is taken before fulfillment can be achieved. And we want to do it. We want to reach out. We want to make a difference. We want to at least somehow try to reach out and encourage young people that they're created by God and they have divine destiny connected to their lives. Could you say Amen. But we want that for every person, but reaching young people is so important. Hear me this morning. The devil wants you to listen to his voice and to choose to live by your knowledge of good and evil over God's declared will. As I was, as I was going through this this morning, finalizing my notes, I wrote this down just before I came down. Listen to this. Living by just the knowledge of good and evil opens the door to the changing room of fear. Where we take off faith and begin to doubt God's word and we come out of the changing room naked and afraid. When you listen to the voice of the devil that causes you to doubt God's word, you open the door to the changing room of unbelief. And you walk in there and you begin to strip off your covering of God's word over your life. And he gives you nothing else to put on. The devil offers nothing else to put on. He just leaves you naked and afraid. See, he knows this removes God's covering of righteousness over our lives and leaves us naked and afraid. Now listen, and he can lead us by a spirit of fear away from God's plan and purpose towards his plan of destruction. He wants you to choose by what you see, not what you hear. The Bible tells us over and over that faith comes by hearing, that the just shall live by the faith that comes from hearing the voice of God, that we are to be walking by faith and not by sight. 
See, the will of God for every person's life, that they would have an encounter with God, that they would come out of that encounter clothed and in their right mind. The man at the tombs of Gadara, you can read in Mark chapter 5. There he is. Jesus comes out and lands in the, uh, across the, the land of Gennesaret. There he comes out. The man meets him in those tombs. He's been tormented by the devil, oppressed and possessed by the devil. And there he is naked, running around, out of control in his life, no control, just, just, uh, just a mess. And nobody's been able to help him. One encounter with Jesus, and he's set free. And they come, and you find him sitting, clothed and in his right mind. Transformed. Let me put you like this. Here's the analogy. If you really get saved, you get clothed, and you get back in your right mind. And the people who knew you before don't recognize you anymore. And they say, what happened to you? Who are you? What happened to you? Are you doing all right? That's God's will for every one of our lives. That we would be clothed and in our right minds. The worship team comes back. Luke chapter 1. Go there with me if you would. Luke chapter 1. I want to read this to you. Here's the promise of God. Zechariah, the father of John the Baptist, at the birth of his son, prophesied, and this is the portion of that prophecy. Zechariah chapter 1, beginning in verse 74. To grant us, what, he said, what, what is God doing? What, what's God's purpose? What's God's plan in the earth? What's coming to pass? God is going to grant us that we, being delivered from the hand of our enemies, might serve him without fear. In holiness and righteousness before him all the days of our life. And you, child, speaking to a son, you, child, will be called the prophet of the highest. For you will go before the face of the Lord to, uh, to prepare his way. To give knowledge of salvation to his people by the remission of their sin. Through the tender mercy of our God with which the day springs from on high has visited us. To give light to those who sit in darkness and the shadow of death. To guide our feet into the way of peace. Wow. So God comes and he brings restoration. And when we're naked and afraid, God leads us into the place of covering of peace and clothed, being clothed in his righteousness. Romans chapter 5. Turn there with me if you would. Are you doing all right? Well, people say, Pastor, you preach too long. I'm shorter than any movie you ever watch. And what I say will save you. That won't. Amen. Amen. Romans chapter 5. Watch this. Beginning verse 17. For if by one man's offense death reigned through one much more. Somebody say much more. I love the much mores of the Bible. Those who receive abundance of grace and of the gift of righteous will reign in life through one Jesus Christ. Now get that, will reign in life. If I'm walking with God and I'm walking in His Word, then I know I'm covered with His authority. I'm anointed with His power. I have His provision. I don't have to be naked. I don't have to be afraid. I don't have to be reactionary. Come on, we're called to reign in life through Christ. Are you doing all right? Amen. 
Therefore, as through one man's offense, judgment came to all men, resulting in condemnation, even so through one man's righteous act, the free gift came to all men, resulting in the justification of life. For as by one man's disobedience many were made sinners, so also by one man's obedience many will be made righteous. Moreover, the law entered that the offense might abound, but where sin abounded, grace much more abounded, so that as sin reigned in death, even so grace might reign through righteousness to eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. So where sin came and exposed us, God comes and covers us. We're no longer naked. We're no longer afraid. We're clothed in the righteousness of God. Hallelujah. And it's a much more. Come on, what God does is much more than what the enemy could ever do. Luke 24 and verse 49 says, there, or 1 Corinthians 1, you can read it, that Jesus is our righteousness, our sanctification, and our redemption. Luke 24 and verse 49, Jesus said to his disciples, go into Jerusalem and wait until you are endued with power. I'm sending the promise of the Father, and you will be endued with power. The word endued in the Greek means clothed. Look it up. Till you are clothed with power. Why, why is the devil, why is the Holy Spirit and the baptism of the Holy Spirit such a work of controversy in the church? Because the devil wants you naked and afraid. He does not want you endued, clothed with power. He doesn't want you to know how to pray in the Holy Ghost. He doesn't want you to speak in other tongues. He doesn't want you to exercise your authority. He doesn't want you to be able to pull down stronghold. He doesn't want you to be able to pray and declare the perfect will of God. He wants you being led by a spirit of fear. But those who are clothed with the anointing of God say, I will fear no evil. I will stand strong in the Lord. And when I don't know what to do, I know how to pray. I'll pray and I'll stir it up on the inside. And God will lead me. See, sometimes people say, Pastor, do you have to have all the answers? I don't have to have all the answers. Because when I'm led by the Spirit, some things just don't bear witness with my spirit. And if I don't get a witness that that's truth or I should go that way, I don't have to tell you why it's not true. I just know that it's not the direction I'm supposed to be going in. Well, can you explain to me? Can you do this? No, you're not that important. I don't have to make you feel good about my decision. That's where we are today. Everybody wants to be made to feel good. Can you make me feel comfortable? No, it's not my job. And, and, and if, if you do something to make somebody uncomfortable, look at where we are. Look at what we've been reduced to. We're naked and we're afraid when we're supposed to be clothed in righteousness and power and the anointing of God. Well, I take that personal good. It's meant personal. Amen. Go with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Verse 1. For we know that if our earthly house, this tent, is destroyed, we have a building from God, a house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. For in this 
we groan, earnestly desiring to be clothed with our habitation, which is from heaven. Come on, you can walk in the reality of being clothed with the life of God today. If indeed, having been clothed, we shall not be found. What did it say? We shall not be found naked. For we are in this tent, we are in this tent being burdened, not because we want to be unclothed, but further clothed, that mortality may be swallowed up by life. Come on. When you just say yes to God and you believe in His voice and you walk with Him and you live to achieve your purpose to know Him like nothing else created by Him could ever know Him. You live in the reality I'm clothed in the righteousness of God. I didn't have to perform to get this. I just have to believe in what He performed on my behalf. He who knew no sin became my sin, nailed it to the cross, shed His blood. Jesus, I mean Adam was clothed with an Adam's skin, with an animal skin. I'm clothed with the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Come on, I'll take the blood over a skin any day. Amen? Hallelujah. So watch it. Revelation chapter 3. Amen. If I can get six people to give me five more minutes, I can go 30 more minutes. I'm telling you, people, can I encourage you? Get an appetite back for the Word of God. Get an appetite back for the things of God. Get an appetite back. Lose your soundbite mentality. Amen. Be hungry for things that that really can produce in your life. Amen. I guarantee you're going to hear more messages on fear through this week than the amount of time you've heard on faith this morning. When you walk out these doors, you're going to be bombarded with a voice. A voice of fear. And so we need to be hearing faith more than we hear fear. Revelation chapter 3, beginning verse 14. And to the angel of the church of the Laodiceans write, These things I say, says the Amen, the faithful and true witness, the beginning of the creation of God. I know your works, that you are neither cold nor hot. I wish you were cold or hot. So then because you are lukewarm, neither cold nor hot, I will spew you out of my mouth. Because you say I'm rich, I am wealthy, I become wealthy and have need of nothing. And do not know that you are wretched, miserable, poor, blind, and naked. Why? Because I'm living by what I think I have. I'm living out of the knowledge I have a good life. I have a great life. Everything I judge about my life is whether it's good or evil. Am I being led by the Spirit? Am I being discerning by the Spirit? Or am I just judging whether my life is good according to my standards? Verse 18, listen to what I said. I counsel you to buy from me gold refined in the fire that you may be rich and white garments that you may be clothed. That the shame of your nakedness may not be revealed and anoint your eyes with eye salve that you may see. Verse 22, he that has ears to hear let him hear what the Spirit says to the church. Every one of those seven churches, God says, let him that has ears to hear. You are people of God's voice. The moment you say, Jesus, I accept you as my Savior, you also accept him as your Lord. And as your Lord, we have to follow his voice. Amen? 
if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus Christ and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead. Now listen, for with the heart man believes unto righteousness. And righteousness is your clothing. Are you doing all right? The moment you get saved, God declares his will over your life that you never spend another day, another moment naked and afraid. Over all these years of pastoring and preaching, it's almost amazing how easy it is to give an altar call for people who are battling fear and have multitudes come. Why? Because we're listening to the wrong voice. You cannot walk in fear. Let me just say it one more time. 2 Timothy 1 verse 7. God has not given you a spirit of fear. Fear is a spirit. And when Christians say, I'm afraid, I'm afraid, I'm afraid, I'm afraid of this. I'm just afraid this is going to, I'm just afraid. That's a spirit speaking through you. That's a voice of a spirit. That's a spirit of fear causing you to be afraid. Every time God shows up, there's one thing that he says. Every time the Spirit of God shows up, he says something. Fear not. Jesus showed up in the upper room and said, fear not. Every time God shows up, the first thing he does, he tells us, fear not. Because God allows nothing contrary to his presence to be where he is. And fear is contrary to God. Fear is contrary. Are you doing all right? Stand with me this morning. Come on, I, I, I'm just in fight mode. I hope you don't mind. I'm just liking whoop the devil somehow. Amen. I hate bullies. I hate bullies. I, I really do. I, I hate seeing people pushed around and, and, and used and manipulated. I hate that with a passion. Because it's control, it's manipulation. And something should rise up, up to, to defend people. I hate seeing God's people feeling naked and afraid when they have this amazing promise to be clothed in righteousness and power. Amen. I want you to bow your heads with me this morning. This is what we're going to do. I'm going to read these last things to you. Just real quickly. How do I know when I'm naked and afraid? When fear is a greater force in my life than faith. When I have no peace and I cannot rest. When I justify my fear and my actions instead of declaring God's word. When I feel exposed in His presence and I make excuses for my conduct, I'm naked and afraid. What's the answer? We must be born again to be clothed with the righteousness of God, filled with the Spirit, having our minds renewed to His Word, choosing to walk by faith and being led by His Spirit as the sheep of His pasture who hear His voice and refuse to follow the voice of a stranger, choosing to be clothed with the power and righteousness of God in Christ. So while your heads are bowed and your eyes are closed, maybe you know what God has said, but you're not fully understand why he has said it. When he said you must be born again, it means you have to be born into the clothing of righteousness. Maybe you know God about God, but you know in your heart he is not Lord of your life. Maybe the enemy has beguiled you and deceived you and gotten you to, to move into the changing room of unbelief. 
But today you're ready to say, I'm going to take a stand. I'm going to make Jesus Christ Lord of my life. I'm no longer just going to know about God. I want to understand who He is and His purpose for my life. And I'm not going to stay in this changing room of unbelief. I'm not going to listen to that voice anymore. I'm going to press into the presence of God. I'm going to follow His voice. I'm going to refuse to hear the voice of a stranger. I'm going to be led by the Spirit. And I'm going to walk with God in this day, in this hour in Jesus name if you need to make a move towards God in any area of your life if you need to reaffirm commit or do anything then move to this altar we're going to pray right now in Jesus name I believe God's moving on many hearts just move right now just respond to God come on there's no reason to be in an area where you're intimidated and you don't know what to do you have no peace let me read it to you again in an area where fear is greater force in my life than faith when I have no peace and I'm declaring things that are not in line with his word am I declaring the word of God oh I know there's more that need to move this morning come on there's something about saying yes to God never lose your passion for the altar of God Paul said it like this I beseech you brethren by the mercies of God that you present yourself as a living sacrifice holy and acceptable to God a living sacrifice is a continual sacrifice I continually laying myself on the altar the apostle Paul said it like this I just die daily come on every day there's something that I have to put down to put on as Pastor Cole preached it last week we put off the old and we put on the new come on what is God calling you to do in Jesus name in Jesus name come on just pray begin to pray right now church come on press into his presence begin to pray right now hallelujah father we worship you we magnify you glory 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 to your name glory to your name Glory to your name. Come on in, God, when I'm clothed with the righteousness of God, I don't have to have an answer. Some of you have been battling because you don't have answers in situations in your life. And not having an answer has been taking away your peace because you don't know what to do. You're not able to rest. That's a word for somebody right now. You're in a situation where you don't know what to do, how to handle it, and what is going on. And so you're not able to rest as you should. Come on, you can't figure it out. You're supposed to roll that care over onto God. Somebody needs to move and let God bring a breakthrough in your life right now in Jesus name come on church pray hallelujah 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 thank you Holy Spirit thank you Holy Spirit Hallelujah. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Lord. Father, we praise you. We magnify you today. We give you glory. We give you honor for your goodness. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Father, I thank you. Your word is true in Jesus' name.